This episode is all about the life and rotten actions of King James of England, the man who's responsible for the commission of the King James Version of the Bible. He is the king who took over after Queen Elizabeth I and the son of Queen Mary of Scots. All the fighting and even the beheading of Mary, but James would have gotten the crown either way. If Mary had won, he would have still inherited the same crown. For better enjoyment and understanding of this episode, I suggest you listen to my two episodes about Queen Elizabeth I. They are episodes 12 and 13. Please stay tuned for today's episode and beware of the cat. Well, 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 would you look what the cat drug in? And I'm sure glad he did. I have to remember to feed him more. No matter how you made it, I'm glad you're here, my darlings. It is I, your not-so-evil queen, Joshua Waters, and do I have something good for you today. I exist simply as a bringer of light to the darkest crevices of history. That, mixed with a little bit of my knowledge from my own journeys, add a smidgen of humor, and we have all the ingredients to brew a powerful potion of truth. I simply adore you all for joining me, and I hope you enjoy today's lesson all about another queen who is responsible for the commission of the very book used to condemn people like moi. A queer queen witch with a slight succubus tendency? What did I ever do to hurt anyone? (laughs) Shout out to all my patrons and thank you for supporting Rotten to the Core on Patreon. I am enjoying our little behind the mirror videos and I hope you are too. If you wish to reach out for future episode ideas or questions about our lessons... You can reach me on Patreon or Instagram for everyone else at It's Rotten to the Core. All right, let's get to the bottom of King James. He is the alleged queen who commissioned the book that has been used to dehumanize other queer people since its birth. The King James Version of the Bible. Maybe you've heard of her. My experience with it growing up in the Southern Baptist Church was that it was the all and ever known source of insight and knowledge that was needed to build a good God-fearing family. My family feared and worshipped God, called upon the blood of the Lamb for protection, and spoke in tongues on occasion. But I'm the witch with my smudge sticks and Golden Girl tarot cards. Where is the line drawn? I received my first Bible as a little tiny baby girl. It was a precious moments one, and I spent most of my nights in my grandma's room listening to her read her Bible. I spent my Sunday mornings and evenings, Saturday evenings, and Wednesday evenings in the church. If we weren't at the one my family owned— We were traveling to a multitude of others to sing, 
Unless, of course, it was a revival, which were week-long, everyday church services. There was food, though. I will say, Southern Baptist women, we know how to cook, honey. Not to mention Bible school in the summer or watching preachers on TV when we weren't at church. You know, the ones seeking money for prayer and pushing fake disabled actors on a stage in a show of healing. My brother and I actually even used to play preacher Benny Hinn in the pool. One of us would stand up and the other would push him back in the water and yell, Take the anointing! Our grandma would sometimes see and yell out the door, You boys knock that off, that's blasphemy! But we saw it on TV, and they blame video games. Oh, did I mention the gospel singing rehearsals at the house? I know almost every gospel song there is by heart. My favorite and most cherished memories now, especially that she's gone, are from singing with my grandma. It was actually one of the last things that we did together, and those songs will always hold a key to my heart. Anytime I think of us on those little stages together, Then sings my soul with precious memories How they linger Did I mention that it was bluegrass singing? My whole family's life has been designed by the King James Version of the Bible. As, like everyone else, as I grew older and more questioning, I started to realize that there was so much hypocrisy all around me. Everyone was sinning on Saturday and singing on Sunday. And it was bonkers to my developing mind. I mean, yes, I can be a harlot, but I don't hide it or believe that there's anything wrong with that. In not living my truth in my shadow and light sides and balance, then I would be living a lie. Something I refuse even to consider. Growing up, the worst thing you could do in my house was to lie. And I knew no matter how big or little it was, it would result in the belt Grandpa kept hanging on his closet door. So I grew into an adult who is overly truthful and accustomed to abuse. Now, I'm not doing this episode to try to turn anyone from the religion that they love. I'm giving my truth from my own life and giving the known facts about the homosexuality of King James. If it is true, then every queer murder and abuse done in the name of that book has been caused by one of our very own, and all for his own popularity and increase in fortune. That reminded me of a certain homosexual drag queen serial lion politician who has been working for his own increase in wealth versus the betterment of anyone else's life. You may know her, but it's hard to be sure with all the lying. But that's a lesson for another episode. King James was a flamboyant, flaming queen and, because of his status and wealth, was able to be one of history's most open homosexuals all while commissioning a book that damned his very lifestyle. See what I mean about hypocrisy. I can't stand it. It would be like me writing a book about how to hate the Golden Girls and Big Daddies. 
two things I just can't live without. <laughs> James was the only son of Mary, Queen of Scots, and her second husband, Henry Stuart, Lord Darnley. He was born on June 19, 1566, in Edinburgh Castle in Edinburgh, Scotland. Eight months after James's birth, Darnley, his father, died when his house was destroyed by an explosion. He became a king by the age of one when his mother, Mary, Queen of Scots, was abdicated from the throne. James was king of Scotland on July 24, 1567, and sadly, he would never see his mother again. And we all know what happened to Mary, Queen of Scots. As a youth, he was taught by a plethora of Scottish lords and given the best education. He even had a passion for literature and became known as a literary snob, often boasting about his literary accomplishments. Let me guess, he had a flair for the theater, too. I'd put money on it. (laughs) Now, we all know Scottish men. They are some of the most rugged, handsome men in the entire world, with deep, dark eyes and powerful thighs, muscles rippling beneath their kilts, and great big old cod pieces. I'm I'm sorry, where was I? Ah, yes, King James. Well, if you look up an image of James, you'll see that he, he was very much a fashion queen. He wasn't about to let Auntie Elizabeth show him up on the royal runway. He was thin and frail and very anal, retentive, about watching his figure. When he was 13, he met a married man named Lord Lennox, who was a duke. The two would become increasingly close through the next few years and often showed open affection for one another. Lord Lennox was even appointed a gentleman of the bedchamber and eventually a member of the Privy Council. Soon, the Scottish ministry was fearful that Lennox would draw the king to carnal lust, so they tricked the young king to travel to a separate castle as a guest but ended up keeping him prisoner there for ten months until he finally agreed to banish his boyfriend. Oh, wait, it's history. His good friend. The banishment was heartbreaking to both of them, and Lennox died shortly after. James even had a poem written in memory of him called Anne Tragedi of the Phoenix, which likened him to an exotic bird of unique beauty killed by envy. They were real good friends. He did marry a woman named Anne of Denmark, and the two did have nine children together, three of whom survived to become adults. That was good for back then. Now I hear some of you out there saying, well, he had a wife, he's not gay. But how many queer people in history have gotten married and had children for appearances? Hmm. And he was a king, so it was ingrained into him since birth that part of his duty was to produce heirs. Now, James and Anne had a marriage of duty and not so much of love or emotions. It is suggested that she knew of his tendencies, especially since he wasn't shy about it in court. She probably had some side cod pieces in her own bedchamber. The couple even began to live separately, and Anne became somewhat of a recluse. 
For a noble woman such as herself, it would have been more than embarrassing to see and hear about all of her husband's male affections. It would have also been hard to constantly see anyone's spouse openly kiss and fondle someone. Bless her heart. He also is said to have had an almost two-year fling with another woman named Anne Murray. She got a poem, too. He called her the mistress of my love, and they would be seen going into his bedchambers often until she was married and moved away. Now that one gives me more of a bestie vibe than a romantic one. Gay men and straight women making the best friends since time began. If I was a king, you bet I would have my bestie, Britty, in my room each night to chat and paint her nails. I call her my dear, my darling, and my drop-dead beautiful inside-and-out goddess on earth. And honey, I'm gayer than Cher riding a unicorn, pooping sprinkles up a rainbow on the way to get the ruby slippers from a friend of Dorothy. Ride them, cowboy! Again, look these people up. Everyone's looking like William Shakespeare. Even the straightest of the straight men of nobility all look like the dinosaur with the neck things from the first Jurassic Park. But in drag... In 1607, when James was 41, he met a 17-year-old named Robert Carr after Robert broke his leg during a jousting contest. According to Thomas Howard, 1st Earl of Suffolk, James fell in love with the young man and, as the years progressed, began showering him with gifts. King James also made Robert a gentleman of the bedchamber and eventually even a viscount. He would also often remark publicly about how handsome his appearance was, as well as his limited intelligence. Now, that's kind of rude as hell. Think of that guy on the Tiger King who married Joe for the benefits, if you want to call it that. At least James was a king for crying out loud. I bet Robert could have gotten as many tigers as he wanted. Probably had the same teeth, though. Bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. I ain't judging, but floss is available to everybody. Eventually, the two lovers did drift apart when Robert was allowed to marry a very beautiful woman. In a letter, James complained, among other matters, that Somerset had been creeping back and withdrawing yourself from lying in my bedchamber notwithstanding my many hundred times earnest soliciting you to the contrary, and that he rebuked James more sharply and bitterly than ever my master Buchanan does do. Sounds like James was a needy little thing, doesn't it? I mean, you can't blame him for that, though. He lost his parents as a baby, all his grandparents are dead, and you have no family around. Anyone would be thirsty for some affection. Did I just describe my life? The love life of James was a little chaotic. After they stopped being good friends, Robert's wife was arrested for poisoning Sir Thomas Overbury. Both Robert and his wife were arrested, and she did confess to the murder. They both were sentenced to death, but James commuted the sentence. 
Nevertheless, they were imprisoned in the tower for seven years, after which they were pardoned and allowed to retire to a nice country estate. It would appear that no one ever really fell out of favor with King James. He would have one more and possibly the greatest love of his life, found with a young man named George Villers, who was the son of a knight. He was eventually elevated to the title of Duke of Buckingham due to being a favorite of James, and he was the first commoner in over a century to do so at the time. Talk about sugar daddy. Buckingham was described as exceptionally handsome, intelligent, and honest. While I do declare your sweet words could charm the morning dew right off the honeysuckle. Apathorpe Hall in 2004 through 2008 revealed a previously unknown passage linking the bedchambers of King James and his lover, George Villers. How to go through the tunnel to get to the tunnel, huh? huh? Now get this. James even referred to his love for George as the same as Jesus's love for John. I, James, am neither a god nor an angel, but a man like any other. Therefore, I act like a man and confess to loving those dear to me more than other men. You may be sure that I love the Earl of Buckingham more than anyone else, and more than you who are here assembled. I wish to speak on my own behalf and not to have it, though be a defect. For Jesus Christ did the same, and therefore I cannot be blamed. Christ had John. I have George. There's even a poem written by the poet Theophile de Vial called Umarqui du Bouquinqua. In it, de Vial wrote, Apollo with his songs debucked young Hyacinthius. And it is well known that the king of England, Buggers, the Duke of Buckingham. George even became close friends with James's wife, Anne. She did seem to accept the nature of her husband and probably enjoyed anyone paying her any attention, really. She was also happy that he treated James so well. He was a king, after all, and the king was chosen by God, right? James, in some letters, even addressed him as his spouse, saying, I desire only to live in this world for your sake, and I rather live banished in any part of the earth with you than live a sorrowful widow's life without you. The Duke of Buckingham remained James's favorite until James's death in 1625. James had the King James Version of the Bible written, and it was finished by 1611. The King James, or authorized, version of the Bible remains the most widely published text in the English language. It was the work of around 50 scholars, and it's even dedicated to James. Over the years, it has been printed between 5 to 7 billion times. In it, you will find verses such as Leviticus 20, 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. 
They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Romans 1, 27. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. The King James Version is the main source of condemnation of queer people, and it was the passages such as the ones above that made a young, not-so-evil queen feel that there was something wrong with them. There is also argument about how could the king have made this if it condemned his own lifestyle. But remember, kings and queens did not see themselves as one of the unwashed masses. They were above most of the laws of the common folk and lived an exclusive life of secret desires. I mean, oh boy, Gilles de Ray in our last lesson was killing hundreds of kids in his castle. Do you think a king wouldn't get away with some buggering? Sir Walter Riley is said to have joked even that King Elizabeth has been succeeded by Queen James. Was it because of his hesitation of war due to his effeminate nature, or was it because he was a full-blown queen with a proclivity towards younger men? I've given you all the evidence that I could find, and I leave it up to you to decide for yourselves. I wish to convince no one and only wanted to show you the possibility that the call is coming from inside the house. (coughs) The world won't ever achieve enlightenment if we all work for our own downfall and refuse to accept the possibility that what we know has been wrong all along. King James was not a very popular king, especially following in the footsteps of Elizabeth I. The commission of the Bible was his chance to gain popularity among his people and give them a book in their common tongue that they could read to control them out of fear. Ah, I mean, spiritual guidance, spiritual guidance, spiritual guidance. Just guiding spiritually and obeying out of fear of hell. Spiritual guidance. La la la. Now, if you do believe James was gay, girl, the shade of it all. Can you believe that queen doing that to all of us while she's up there with her boy toy laying pipe? Rude as hell. If you don't, well then I hope this was entertaining and humorous to you. But maybe next time you read those lines about me being an abomination, perhaps you'll remember that they were possibly made due to the will of someone a lot like myself. I thank you for joining me in this lesson today, and I hope you enjoyed it. It sort of left me in a state of shock, since I discovered it. I may no longer be a Christian, but it is still intertwined in my very existence. It will always be a piece of me, but I have taken from it what I felt suited me. Be happy, find peace, and don't hurt others. Ooh, looks like I just found my new sign-off phrase. 
If you enjoy listening to Rotten to the Core, please follow me on Instagram at It's Rotten to the Core. Please leave me a review too wherever you listen. I also have a Patreon if you would like to join. I have been adding a little bit of bonus content after each episode called Behind the Mirror. That link is patreon.com slash it's rotten to the core. Take care, and again, thank you for joining me, your not-so-evil queen, Joshua Waters, on another episode of Rotten to the Core. Be happy, find peace, and don't hurt anyone. This episode is produced by Arclight Media. If you enjoy this podcast, go check out some of our other ones at itsarclightmedia.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.